I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What, what on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking Wow. Welcome. 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 To Prem de la Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Prem de la Prem. Brace yourselves. Hold on to something because we are entering that swirling polar vortex of the Premier League season around the holidays that is a game more or less every day. Situations changing. Luck turning. And uh, meanwhile, I think all of us can safely say we'll be eating our body weight in turkey and sausage rolls, probably retaining a light alcoholic buzz for about two weeks straight. It's all going to happen in a blur. And not to mention, Patrick, I hate to make this the lead story for our pod today, but Mm. COVID's back in a big way, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, You mentioned it being the, you know, I think you said whirling dervish of of a season. Swirling polar vortex but to each their own. Right. That's a classic tomato-potato situation. Uh, but also, just on top of that, we've got, just looking at the table, the, ha- half these teams aren't even on the same games played. Uh, it is absolute and utter chaos in the Premier League. Uh, what's the closest you think they'll go before canceling a game? Like, what are we at right now? Is it like three hours? Um, yeah. Yeah, three hours. And I think they did it to some poor, unfortunate souls. So I don't want to make this conspiracy pod, Patrick. It's a little early in the episode, let alone the season for that. But um, I do think the postponement of COVID games is going to be more lenient to the top teams. It just seems to be going that way where like, I don't know, I guess Graham Potter, he's got a lot to be sad about given his treatment of the fans in recent form. But, uh, you know, I think they, they played today against Wolves, lost. They had eight senior players out. They didn't get their game postponed. Whereas, um, you know, United Brentford got postponed, Spurs got a game postponed. Um, so it, there, it seems to be very arbitrary how they decide. Uh, Patrick, I'd love to hear some of your takes on how they're doing it. But it's very unclear, like, what's the cutoff point for hours before a game? Obviously, United is, is the one reference I can make, being a global club. They've got people catching flights to London to go watch them play Brentford. And you land and your phone goes off airplane mode and you're like, oh. Let's turn this one around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, we're not like... Uh, a freak move to be flying to the UK to watch United right now, though, so... Big big Ragnick fans all over the globe, James. Uh, flights just went up in Manchester. $200. Pounds, I suppose. It's. I mean, it's always arbitrary, right? It's the FA. They don't know what they're doing. They never have. Uh, they likely never will. I think that it would be nice, yeah, to know. I thought there was a, a, a they, they had some of these rules in Project Restart about, you know, however many people you had available or didn't have available, but. Yes, yes, there used yeah. to be rules. Yeah, I, I can't remember them actually having any COVID rules. I think it was just like, well, we really hope we don't have to deal with this again. So let's just, let's just rock with a, with a normal season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was heard, I, I read something today. It was just a tweet, so who knows if it was legit. Uh, that they were considering 14-day shutdown due to the rise in cases, um, and it's certainly impacting these teams. KDB even came out today and said it, you know, it impacts him and his recovery from it. Yeah. So I mean, it's 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 going to continue to have an impact. Um, but yeah, the arbitrary bit. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Brendan Rodgers had some things to say about it. He also has a team out, like most of them were out due to injury. I think he had like very few COVID cases relative to the injuries. And he was like, oh, right. I don't want to play. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty yeah, it fair to, to have a gripe for your game not getting canceled when you've got seemingly the same stakes as other teams who've had their games canceled. And you hate to have that be a, a light shone down on the league um, when outside forces take hold. So it's just silly. It's just it's silly. a bit of a just weird make, one. Yeah, make it a rule. Like, like the NFL's rule is, uh, I, I think it's just games will go on. If you can't field a team, forfeit. Uh, that's one way to do it. Very <laughs> yeah, clear. you have to feel like we're in we're not going back mode. Yeah, um, and yeah, they're they're just saying nope, no, we're moving. Uh, we move. I kind of, I kind of, just in like a, the spirit of the the chaos season that is, I've kind of been liking the idea. Just say the show must go on. We got U twenty three teams. We got U twenty one teams. We got. We got Jeez. kids. Let, let it go. I mean, I, I yeah, canceling games is just going to be Liverpool out here looking for another asterisk title. Well, they they might uh, uh, cancel uh, Afcon as well, which would which would be a huge boost to Liverpool. Yeah, uh, as a result, they'd be of really COVID. sad about that. Yeah, <laughs> I bet really Klopp's missing. leading the charge on that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There's there's some lobbying going on, but no, that's it's obviously way above my head, kind of the 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 severity of it but yeah football's meant to be a distraction do it do it in whatever that that safe way is but if they're still letting all the fans in you know what's i i, yeah. I don't get it i would just keep yeah. the, keep the show rolling figure out a way to make it happen yeah. because you're just pushing fix, fixture congestion elsewhere and then we're also in this this time where uh, uefa is going to do its own thing and you actually have those other competitions going on as well for some teams so mm-hmm. It's going to get out of pocket. The um, Europa Conference League waits for no man, Patrick. I think, I actually think that um, Spurs and Conte were trying to break the rules to get the forfeit so they didn't advance. I think it was strategic. I think they And then they were like, no, advance. don't. And then they were like, no, don't worry. Yeah. We'll replay it. Like, and they're like, oh, shit. Now they, gotta, now they have to take some sort of principled stand. <laughs> uh, and maybe that's why Lester didn't get the game postponed. They're like, well, you already got your free one, Tottenham. You're not getting another. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it's it's annoying, and I know that's it, like a petty yeah. way to look at it. But I'm not a yeah, we're not I'm not a health and wellness you know podcast. You know, we're a, we're, we're a football podcast. We want to see football, but you know, at the end I don't of the know day, how many people we speak do. for when we say it. But I think all we want is a little bit of clarity, a little bit of guardrails, and way less COVID would be great. And less COVID. We aren't a long COVID. We aren't a long COVID. This Someone, podcast is anti-COVID. Um, I'm going to go ahead and clarify that for Patrick. We're pro-science, but we are anti the existence of COVID. You know what, Patrick? I'm I'm just going to say it. Fuck fuck COVID. That was brave, James. Mm -hmm. That was brave, Mm -hmm. especially in today's climate. I don't care who hears it. Wow. They can can write a letter to the offices of Pringle Prem. And you can take it out to your mailbox drop up that red flag we'll read it in due course but yeah patrick at the time of recording it's starting to get a little funky and it's only gonna get funkier i have a feeling as people start chowing down on chocolate in their advent calendars and december moves forward at the time of recording spurs have played 14 games to arsenal's 17 games um who else is on 14 we got burnley on 15 spurs Spurs a few on 15 few on 16 all over the place here at match week. So, you know, 
the beauty of the tables in the eye of the beholder. Maybe some places are more valid than others, but who are we to say? Who are we to say? And maybe, Patrick, that's a good segue. On to our top story. No, it's not City looking like they're ready to run away with the league. Oh, captain, my captain, we're talking about Arsenal Football Club. What's that, James? Cue the, uh, what was that, mu- what was that music? It was like the Michael Jordan song, Serious, Alan oh, Parsons yeah. Project. I-, I want that playing when I go, Laurent Koscielny, Granite Xhaka, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Next captain up time. Um, bit of a, we've had to rewrite the Arsenal segment for this podcast about three or four times. Yeah. Never a dull uh, moment. It's it's a it's a it's a classic up and down situation, James, over in North London. Uh, you're referencing that the Everton game, um, and yeah, at the time of recording here, with the day of the the West Ham game and everything in between. But I guess we can, you know, focus on the uh, the man of the hour, the man of the hour first, James. Um, bold decision from Mikel Arteta. Uh, we can we can get into whether mm-hmm. we think it was the right decision. Secondary, but I think what's important here is this is a very, very bold decision uh, to to make to strip your captain in the middle of the season. Um, some clubs, you know, getting arrested in a foreign country won't do it. So just being late uh, for a training session as the line <laughs> is, um, you know, to some just unfathomable. Um, but in any case, it's just it's one of those things that uh, it's such a it's such a strong and public stance. Uh, that that it's it's a, it's a, like a it's a pivotal mo- moment for me. Arteta has his you know, non-negotiables, Patrick. Right. Yes. And and it seems and like apparently you can't visit this. your family. Yep. Yeah. Outside of the uh, the predetermined hours. Uh, a day. Also, shout out Arteta. Apparently, doing his own travel band, just one step ahead of COVID at all times. Oh just yeah. Always locked in. Yeah, uh, if you want to leave England and go see your 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 sick mother in France, you better make sure you do it within a day. Mm-hmm. Follow mm-hmm. all those protocols. Don't make don't ask me how it works. That's for you to all figure out. In line, um, yeah. but it's a bold stance, and it's one that I think is going to be uh, pivotal in the in the tenureship of of Mikel Arteta. Whether he can, uh, you know, this galvanizes the side. And, you know, in this example that people were waiting to be set and the standard that needs to be set to provide higher accountability, that's certainly the, the glass half full look. Uh, and then you completely lose the locker room, I think, of the other side. I, I really think this is the type of thing where there's there's little in between. It might take a while for either of those two things to happen, but I think we're down one path or the other after mm-hmm. something like let's, this. Let's not dance around it, Patrick. Right call or wrong call? I, th- I think it was the right call. You know, and I think it, we're, we're, we're working with the information we have. A bit of a uh, classic uh, Mike Dean accumulation situation. Like, that's yeah. how you get your red card, you know? Yeah, so it's, yeah, I mean, he missed the he missed the North, the, the, the North London Derby uh, last year. Uh, one that Arsenal ended up winning, playing No well trips in. for PK. Right, no trips for PK. Uh, he was, yeah, he was just late in his, in his Lamborghini in London traffic. Just, you know. It, there's just I, I don't think that I'm, I'm putting on one of those hats of someone who's like you know what fuck him the he's never been professional he's not a leader he's not a captain uh, he was the very at, at his peak uh, with us was one of the few bright spots in a pretty dark time in the club's history and if we are on the right path he was kind of instrumental into just seeing us through that so I think he's been a good steward of the club but we've talked about his you know position as a captain before uh, and if you're going to hold 
you know, a young team, especially youngest team in the league, to a high standard, uh, and you just let the captain get away with things, like that has a larger impact mm-hmm. on your culture. Uh, and you're really, quite frankly, just your ability to manage and get the most out of that team. So, uh, strong line by Arteta, Adu, and the board, based on some of the comments in Arteta's interviews. Uh, it does seem like, you know, at least at this stage, uh, it this, probably goes is, a little bit beyond, right? This is the end of uh, this is the end of Aubameyang's time at Arsenal. That is yeah. kind of how the that's what I'm reading. It's a fractured James. relationship. It's not just like. But I thought Jaka was done. Yeah, know? that's true. We sat here saying the same exact thing about Jaka. How different is this situation? Um, Jaka, I think, predated Arteta. Is that right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Right. As so, this is, so this is. Um, they all, yeah, many of them. But did. the captain situation with with Jaka predated Arteta. I think. Yes. Yeah. Emery was the one yeah. who had the Koscielny fallout. It's a funny one. Um, I thought Thomas Tuchel, I don't know if it was a recent interview or, or when he was managing Aubameyang at Dortmund. He had a really good commentary, piece of commentary on Aubameyang where you've got these star players who will have their idiosyncrasies that you need to figure out to what extent you accommodate to get the best out of them. And that's the difference in what um, good man managers are. And I, he was saying of Aubameyang, like, try as we like as try as we might we could tell him the meeting was at 10:45 when it was really at 11 the dude would always show up like 5 minutes late but he would always be apologetic and heartfelt and like sorry and he would always give his all in training afterwards but like that dude could just not keep a schedule so what are we going to do like burn him at the stake or like work with it and and just let that be his thing and 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 try to pump him up in other ways and and maybe manage him in in, um, in other areas and, and discipline him in other areas when other things were let down. And it's just a really interesting take on the guy because yeah, um, I don't, I don't buy that entirely though because he was shipped out of Dortmund under Tuchel, I believe, and due to disciplinary issues. So <laughs> I don't buy it. I think it's a little well. Bit it was probably history. it was yeah maybe it was a little bit before uh, things got sour. So I would oh, actually sure. yeah, so it was look, probably predated. And the key difference here, he wasn't the captain. You know. He was not the right. captain of the club. And and here's the thing though, I don't even it's 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 especially weird for me because I don't even buy the narrative that he's been kind of mailing it in. Like if you look at his his defensive stats, his defensive like pressures per game, interceptions, all that kind of stuff, it's all up this year, uh, significantly so. I think his defensive pressures are uh, you know, 14, 15 a game, whereas last year they were only eleven. So I mean it doesn't the narrative of him just like mailing it in is gone. If this is a cliff, like this is like, you know, similar to like an Alexi Sanchez cliff, like someone who just seemed to have lost all their powers because he's horrendously out of form. Uh, but I think it really just goes back. It's it, We talked about it when he was extended. Like he was the only bright part, spot for Arsenal. Had we lost to Bamiyang after he won that FA Cup, uh, we're toast. We're absolutely mm-hmm. toast. We have no shot. Uh, and then even though he didn't really perform to where he was beforehand, uh, you know, I still think his involvement for that last year or so was kind of important and like really not making it real bad. Cause it was bad. It was eight. Mm-hmm. But I think at the time we were so desperate to sign him Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Yep. That every demand on the table was like a yes. Right. There was, there was you, you choose to stay. We will, we will meet your terms. One of we'll those terms happen. being, I am a captain. Uh, and just, I don't think he's kind of a, the on field steward for what Arteta wants to do. And, at the end of the day, like that's that's a requirement of the job. So, uh, well, when you're you know, um, if he if he asked for that job and he wasn't fit for it, you know there there are severe consequences than if he was just the the star striker. 
showing up late. I think you touch on it right there. With a captain like Aubameyang, you're not exactly a rousing speech guy. You're not a on-field general kind of guy. You're a lead-by-example guy. And it makes it that much harder. You know, every player goes through dips in form. But when you're the captain, you're the star player, it makes it that much harder to um, put more put more details in the pro column versus the con column of keeping your captaincy when you're in poor form. And that's literally the reason why you're the, the captain, because you're the on-field talisman. So it does feel like all the... All the ingredients were adding up to Arteta making that big call. But to your point, it's going to come down to how the players respond in the long term. All we can say, though, in the short term, and we're looking at most recently today against West Ham. Just and you, West could even Ham. Go, you could even go back to Southampton, I think, was um, actually the day that news dropped, right? So yep. two, two of Arsenal's best games of the season, you know, set aside the state of Southampton and, and West Ham, a very good team, but... Right, Arsenal on their on their evidence, the better for it, in a nice yeah. Nice and patch. and I, I I thought man of the match for me was uh, was Aubameyang's buddy Lacazette. I, th- I thought he was absolutely immense. He's absolutely immense today. Uh, and you know he wore the captain the 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 armband. the The team seemed like and it's the craziest thing, right? It's just life of an Arsenal fan. Like it was you know two weeks ago. An absolute lifeless performance against Everton. It's the same same guys, you know, for the most yeah. part. Um, and so it's, in, that's the frustrating bit. In, yeah, it's, it's absolutely inexplicable. They tried uh, to and, be Atletico Madrid when the 60th minute rolled around. <laughs> we even tried that. We even tried that against West Ham. A man up uh, around like 75. I was losing it for 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 12 minutes until we got the second. I was just take it take it to him. But uh, you know, yeah, it, it was a great initial response. Um, but strategy I think that that, says go for a second goal. Yeah, I, I, I think that that, that game, uh, especially after the Aubameyang news, the stakes of um, getting into top four, if you, you know, don't count game in hand, uh, at home where you have a pretty strong record, I think all of those things were pointing to an Arsenal team that was going to show up, uh, which they did. Yeah. I think a little bit of luck, um, a little bit of luck went their way. Uh, but I thought they were good value for the win, so it, we we don't need to go oh, too deep into the game uh, unless unless you want to. But yeah, it's a it's a stretch for Arsenal right now that I think will kind of define this. And who knows is is Aubameyang the type to just kind of I, I don't know who the hell is going to take Aubameyang's wages. That's the thing that's kind of scratching my head. It's like do we pay Barcelona for him to go to Barcelona? And what's he now? Thirty two. Thirty two or thirty three. Yeah, you're, you're going to yeah. start making some concessions. Right, yeah, um, and we're but it, it's the highest paid player in team str- history. Like, how how close does this sound to Mesut Ozil? Like, it's if he's not playing and and it is the relationship really is beyond repair. Even if he's not starting, even if he's not on the bench, if he's just a passenger, he's going to be a a, a question re- on reporters' minds every single week. Right. So it's yeah, it's yeah, it's it's remarkably close. It's 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 remarkably close, but you say it's got to be sorted. I think that this is getting it sorted, right? These are the the, the painful sure. potential no, 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 moments, no, yeah. right? Of like There's establishing right now something, right? And I again, I believe in Arteta. I'm not a hundred percent convinced he's like that long term solution, but I think he's having a net positive on like we're, we're we're a bit of an annoying team now. People used to walk all over us. Now we're like the shit house kings, right? We you, say what you will about it, but. You know, we're, we're riling teams up for the first time in a while, and I and I think that that's Having that's a go. good thing. Yeah, I think that's yeah, a good thing. a little thing. bit of that old DNA, as Ollie would say, RIP. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
and talk about old Arsenal DNA, Patrick. You found yourself, regardless of having played three more games than Spurs, in a nice little nestle of fourth place. Back where we belong. <laughs> I never felt so strongly. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it is hard to hide the feeling, James. I'll tell you that much. It's Because, you know, look, I think we're outperforming. I'll state again, for the record, my goalposts have not moved. Ooh, I think this okay. team is outperforming. We dipped into positive goal differential for the first time this season today. Uh, hold your That's horses. A fact. Hang on. Oh, yep, there you are. You're on one. I was looking at the table when you were only 1-0 up, and I was yep, like, was I can't zero. wait to razz Patrick for being in fourth with a goal difference of zero. Yeah, one's not much better. Um, and it's it's You're it's staring also... up at Chelsea with 27. <laughs> yeah. Watch out, Carl. A game in hand means nothing to us. And yes, I'm uh, well aware United's on two. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's, well, yeah, it was, a, it was a good win, James. What can I say? Mm-hmm. We don't get many of those at Arsenal. Just a dominant performance over, a, you know, a, a good team on. I guess they weren't in great form, yeah. but decent form. Well, you were down pretty bad the last time we potted for obvious reasons. So, yeah, I, I wanted to set you up, young king. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we can do it. What City did to Leeds, keep this thing rolling. It's Leeds, Norwich, Wolves, and then I got to wake up at four thirty on New Year's Day to watch Man City just throttle us. I'm gonna wake <laughs> up at four forty-five. We're gonna be down two nothing. I'm I'm gonna okay. So here's a little social experiment. I'm gonna only watch Guardiola's post-match press conference and try to avoid the scoreline. If any, and if he talks about how generational of a coaching talent Mikel Te- Mikel Arteta is, <laughs> I'll know it was a four-nil drubbing. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, dude, like, the, when he lost to him in the FA Cup... We cannot replace he was, him. He was so salty. He was so salty. He was just <laughs> bitching. He was just yeah. bitching when he lost to him. Oh, yeah. so good. He sends in his crony, that old gray-haired guy who sits next to him, like, like a I sick of dogs on him. I need a matchup versus Xavi. I need that, because that's going to be even better. Oh, I mean, it's a shame you can't be in the Europa League this year to make it happen, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. at some but point... But maybe they'll play each other in the Super Cup. Mm-hmm. At some point, Super well, Cup. here's something Arsenal can never do, Patrick. Outside of that club, it was the week of sweaty penalty kicks for all those big clubs, from Chelsea through to City to United, Liverpool. Why don't we do a little round robin, go through all of them, quick touches, mm-hmm. and then we'll get, we'll get to our segments. But, James, are we um, talking VAR again? It's been a I've, long time since we've talked VAR. I think VAR and penalties are intrinsically bonded, for mm-hmm. better or for worse, and most of the time for worse. Right. Why don't we go ahead and start? Offside, we just accept now. I think we don't even care. It's just as what it is. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, we thought offsides was going to be a moot point this week. We thought. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was no way. After the new rules, it was going to be brought up again. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, Chelsea's last game against Leeds. Um, Ballon d'Or nominee Jorginho just banging them in. So papering smooth. over, papering over these uh, these little cracks that are starting to form over at Stamford Bridge, but you know, got their win over Leeds. A little double header from Jorginho. Antonio Rudiger probably needs an Oscar for his. Uh, I don't I don't know what to say, but commanding performance in the Leeds box, and uh, you know they walk away with a dub. They still look in good shape for the title race. And Patrick, one for you, Mason Mount is probably the least trash player at Chelsea on current form. On current form? Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. And when I say or, least trash, it's still an insanely high bar. Right, but yeah. I mean, it's all... Know, word it's choice all, is everything. 
Right, yeah. I mean, it's just communications 101 there. Um, I think we, we do have to say that um, uh, Mendy is great, or else I think he gets his feelings hurt if we don't put him in the in the top three or whatever. So, yeah, don't, Mendy, Don't say Mount. a single bad word. Single bad word about Edward um, Mendy. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a team that is – they've had a couple little – Little hiccups, um, but yeah, some sweaty games and those sweaty pens. Um, it does feel like a defining which one was which. I thought of one was one was fine and the other one was was not. I'm trying to remember which one. Uh, one was a little bit of a meal. I think the last one was a a side kick that kind of went through Rudiger to clear the ball. Um, and you know, if it's given, it's not going to get overturned. That's that. the thing. We even saw that in the Arsenal game today. The uh, clear and obvious error is like, well, kicked him in the leg. Can't be clear and obvious. On we go. You know, so it's never, it's never going to change unless it's like a complete dive or complete horrible call. Mm-hmm. You know, no. so whatever's called. I mean, if it's called on the field, it's given on the field. No, you just need to own it. I think yeah. this is one of those periods where Chelsea's figuring some things out on the fly, and if they can get wins while they're in their quote-unquote bad patch, then they'll still be in perfect form to, to have this title run. It is interesting that Lukaku is in a place where he's not he's not coming back from injury anymore. He is straight up fighting for his place in the starting 11, which I don't think is widely known, but that's how I'm looking into it. Yeah, that's not really how I would have gone, gone about it. I mean, I, th- I thought it was kind of more of like a, a balancing act, getting through the busy season. I don't read too much into it in December. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it continues in hmm. January, hmm. 100%. Uh, one right. to watch, James. One to watch. Right. Well, let's keep Leeds in the pocket because they went from that tough loss to, to Chelsea in a completely different way to a, let's call it a tougher loss against Man City today. Just an absolute, tough, like, an absolute T-U-F-F throttling. Yeah. Tough. There's yeah. um there's the meme of you know the doge the doge dog where it's just kind of like curled up and looking looking sad. It's Leeds without Calvin Phillips and then Buff Doge is Leeds with Calvin Phillips. Um cuz when he's not in that midfield in fact it's I think chaos. in the Bielsa system he's the only player you can define as a midfielder. Otherwise it's just defense and offense. They're so spread out. Like they the the just the stones to press that Man City team. Just the absolute stones. I don't Leeds, understand it, Bielsa's leads is the perfect reminder that nothing lasts forever. You can't <laughs> you can't roll out those <laughs> tactics two seasons in a row. Um, yeah. I'll go ahead and say yeah, it on like the these, record. Like my manager man of the year choice, Marcelo Bielsa. <laughs> 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 Might have had a little bit of a contrarian vibe to it when I said it. Oh my god! I mean, it's fun. It's entertaining. Like I think he's doing good for the like, brand. Well, you know? I'm not giving it to Guardiola. I'm not giving it to Tuchel. I'm not giving it to Klopp. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa, my pick for manager <laughs> of the year. Looking rough. Just Brendan Rodgers, ironically, just to make him, <laughs> just make him feel bad. Ends the season as United manager. God damn it. Dean Smith hired and fired. Yeah, that's not many managers will have that on their resume. Could be refired. He's not getting refired. No, There's no, no way. He's a good coach. He's a good coach. They, they got they got him to bring him back up next year and then maybe stay up after You've that. You've got to think. Um, so, yeah, Leeds were in a tough spot, but that belies the fact that City had John Stones playing it right back. So, <laughs> must have been some space for Dan James to exploit, but it wasn't to be. Um, I read online, Patrick, that 
the last time Bielsa faced a drubbing of this nature, it was uh, back in Argentina when he was coaching Newell Old Boys. His team lost 6-0, and some ultras showed up at his house in the middle of the night. Bielsa comes out in his pajamas, trying to get them to go away, with a hand grenade in his hand. Not with a gun, not with a baseball bat. He goes outside with a hand grenade and the pin in it, <laughs> saying, do you want to talk? And apparently that was how he got a bunch of ultras to, to stay off his property. So, you got to match the crazy, James. That's good you advice. You got to fight crazy with crazy. Right, exactly. You got to match the crazy. The modern equivalent of that was his translator just fighting for his goddamn life in the post-match interview. Because the reporter was asking digging questions like, oh, you didn't notice something was wrong at 3-0, 4-0? And the translator's <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> he's just asking Bielsa. He's like, it's just these condescending. He's, gotta do, he's, a, he's a pro, right? So he's good, he does, gets the tone right and everything. And Bielsa's just like, bro, what you, I pay you. I, I pay you money. Yeah. I just lost 7 nothing. You're coming out with this heat? Yeah. I think Meanwhile, the first question was uh, in the most British way ever, which is like equal parts kind, but under the surface, very condescending. The reporter just goes, tough match, eh? <laughs> and Bielsa goes, exactamente. And the translator gives it a pause and he goes, exactly. With like gin face <laughs> to the camera. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I've been, I, they, I don't watch many of those interviews, uh, but I, I, I've been watching... Arteta's recently just with the Aubameyang situation. And they get right on in there. Arteta today was like, I'm not going to answer any questions on the Aubameyang situation. Uh, and he goes, well, forgive he me if I ask one that? more. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, the, the, yeah you the, can no. tell the reporters anything. It goes in one ear out the other. No, the, the, the guy was like, you know, talk to me about Aubameyang. He's like, I just want to talk about the game. You know, he was given one of those kinds of like, he wasn't touching it with a 10-foot pole, which yeah. I thought was pretty telling. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, I wonder if uh, Arsenal are in for in for some trouble at Ellen Road this weekend. Bielsa shows up with a couple of grenades maybe in the dressing room just to <sighs> prove a point. He's got to one-up himself after this throttling. Yeah. 2021, hopefully we're talking verbal grenades just to get those boys back in order and playing for the home fans. I, I still... Leeds, for different reasons, is still much must-watch. Oh, yeah. They're, they're pure and utter chaos. <laughs> um, and you have a... Like and, and honestly, like Leeds Arsenal is always a weird game because you have a, a team that presses incessantly versus a team that tries to play out the backs and and is probably like you know eighty percent good at it. Yeah. Uh, so it sh- it should be some fireworks. It should be some absolute fireworks this weekend. Um, relegation fodder for you, James. Leeds sixteen points, five points clear of safety, but games in hand beneath them. Or do you think they are? Uh, no. I, are they in a real fight? Or no? I don't think they're worse three teams in the league. Shit. I think they're in a relegation fight. I don't worry about them going down because I do think they... Leeds is the type of team where against teams of their own quality level, they have the firepower and the engine on their day to, to score some goals and on certain occasions concede less and get results. When Leeds keeps the same tactics and rocks up to a top half of the table team... They're just going to get mashed, but I think they can win enough games against the teams that are around them in the table. Right, right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, we'll see. That'll be a good game this weekend. Yeah. Leeds is like the guy who shows up at the party and plays levels. The first time, the second time, you're like, yeah, great song, great song. The dude plays it for like the sixth time in the pregame, and you're like, would really love to listen to something else now. (laughs) 
I wonder if Andy listens all the way through anymore. I don't think he's listened. Uh, he only listens to the hot mic episode from two years ago. Yeah, the numbers keep going up. It's remarkable. <laughs> it's remarkable. Oh, plug for the fans, and I don't think Andy's listening, so this is our, our inside inside scoop. Um, we, we are considering switching Andy, the engineer, to a Hammers West Ham fan. Um, it just felt and feels like a smarter play than, than Lester. Right, and also for those of you, this is just an oversight on on James and my my side. Um but Andy's nickname, he won't, you know, he he goes by his professional name on here, so he won't tell you. But it's the his hammer. His professional name is the engineer. Andrew the engineer. Uh, <laughs> and so that's that's his professional name. He probably won't reference the hammer. Uh, but yeah, I think we're gonna get some 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 content on one of these episodes soon, mm-hmm. trying to trying to mm-hmm. convince him to jump ship. I actually don't think it'll be that hard. I think he'll jump ship almost immediately. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you just gotta feed him one or two talking points that he can take to. Uh, well, he is in a different he is in a different life stage. I remember when we interviewed, he was like, "So if I came across a, a woman who was into the Premier League, these are things I could say." And I'm like, "Yeah, I think." <laughs> <laughs> Not something I've ever had any sort of experience with, but yeah, I suppose you could say that. <laughs> yeah, you could socialize talking about soccer. <laughs> yeah, usually when I'm talking about the uh, uh, the impact of the holding midfielder in the modern game, women are pretty far away. Uh, don't tend to really lure them in with that kind of talk. But with the Luster City talk, you never know. I'm sure maybe he got a few um, a few people on the rod. Yeah, so stupid changes hinge profile. <laughs> hammers, <laughs> supporter of the hammers. <laughs> All right, let's keep that between us, uh, okay. us prem heads. And uh, we'll get Andy on, and we'll do a live convincing at some point when when things are a little slower. But I guess we'll keep on the city train, bringing it up to... Well, no, no. Now we're going Marty McFly back in time, because I do think in the sweaty Premier League category... Or, sorry, sweaty penalty category, we got to talk about Man City against Wolves. Obviously, uh, Raheem Sterling converting a very dodgy armpit penalty, which is, you know, one thing to talk about, but the story of the game has to be, and, you know, this might be preluding a freak, but it has to be the manner in which Raul Jimenez received a double yellow for Wolves to play 10 men down and ultimately succumb to the pressure. It was, it was one of the most hilarious things I've ever, I've ever seen. There was no one, there was no one that was, I mean, I guess they do dispute it, but I mean, just two brain dead yellows in, 10 to 15 second interval. You get those you get those obvious moments of when your teammates around you they get mad, but you can you can tell when it's a, a mad at the ref situation and a mad at your own player situation. And they yeah. were like, God damn it, Raul. Because <laughs> it was both. <laughs> oh, just standing in front of the ball and inter- and cutting it out. Yeah, um, no, it wasn't even that like I think that if he's being just a bit of an ass there, you know, he he, he he, you know, John Moss tells him to back away, but he sticks his leg out on the pass mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. just being told to go away, after just receiving a yellow. It Is was that just the fastest it, double yellow. I mean, it's got to be up there. It's got to be up there. I mean, I'm, I've actually no. I've you, you'll see him every now and again for a foul and descent in like an immediate kind of exchange. Right. But you see that a lot in um, if you ever watch like uh, the Argentinian and the Brazilian leagues, like that. Those referees. There is. I mean, Mike Dean hasn't pulled one of these out. He's a little bit more composed. Uh, but a ref 
who likes to throw two yellows back to back and Set a red, like all in a like a two second interval, right? But they gotta they gotta put the first yellow up, they gotta cock it back, so you know that it, you have to do it with so much gusto that you know the second <laughs> one's coming as a second yellow, and you're not just kind of like waving one yellow. It's yeah. like one, two, and then yeah, the immediate what? switch, and then you hold the red, <laughs> and you hold the red. You know, you hold the red maybe five, ten seconds. It's got some recoil you, on it. And then you do the two arms out in front of you, blowing your whistle, holding the red card, just backing people off. This is great radio, James, but this is I'm doing it perfectly. I'm doing mm-hmm. it absolutely perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might I might become a, an official. I think I got the character for it. Yeah. The first I certainly the, got the moves. The first unanimously beloved ref in the Premier League. I think you could get there. Like a it would be a Ted Lasso esque um refereeing adventure for you. I think that I would yeah, I would just have to I think the only way to that is explaining all my decisions. And even if you didn't like it, you could at least see see where the old yeah. dome was at. Yeah. I actually I'd start I, giving press conferences, maybe I'd be, get big on Twitter, you know, who knows. No joke, I think we're on to something. Yeah. I okay. think we're on to see how far we can take it. All right. What else? Uh sweaty pens in the Man United department. Ralph Rangnick, mm. two one no wins under his belt, no big deal. Everything's fine, nothing to worry about there. Two one no wins, two clean sheets. Um, I do love the fact that Ronaldo gets booed and just hated on at Norwich. And then the second he scores a goal and does the Sioux celebration, the, the, the iPhones and the cameras are coming out mm-hmm. and they're, they're mm-hmm. just, they're just well, capturing a glimpse of greatness. Yeah. Once it's, once it's been, been granted, you know, get on board. Uh, yeah, this, that was, that was, uh, uh, it's another one of those James that's just never going to get overturned. This is not a clear and clear and obvious error. Well, that was the one where it's like in American football, you've got a similar like um, pass interference. Was the ball playable? It was certainly not for Ronaldo, right. despite the leap that he's got. But obviously, a little bit of a biased take. He was kind of flung to the ground. So sure, I'll I'll say it's not how I wanted to win a game against Norwich with a sweaty <laughs> pen in the seventy somethingth minute. Um, but it's it's how it's how the cookie crumbles, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, and certainly I'm of the uh, I'm of the belief that most teams, usually around 19 a year, kind of the ebbs and flows of the, the decisions kind of net out somewhere in the middle. So, you know, you got a lot of penalties a few years ago. You're not getting so many anymore. And I think maybe the, this was um, just a little bit of a gift from the old penalty heavens. Well, I think the poetic justice, Pat, was I had about four or five texts loaded up to Carl about how bullshit that game was. And how bullshit City's game was, and how bullshit Liverpool's game was. These penalties, and you know, mm-hmm. if it quacks like mm-hmm. a duck, it is a duck. And in this case, the duck is Man United. Um, we'll Very take it. So, we'll James. take it just like them. Hey, uh, in the game, a new ref to add to our books to monitor Darren England, oh, which is like England. a gen- again like the FA just trots out a generic referee made in a lab. It's like, what's his last name? Uh, what country are we in? Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I uh, when I did my FIFA franchise and I would do scouting, did scouting in uh, in, uh, in 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 Africa, and it was like my guy was like Kwame African English was the guy that I scouted, and I was like, okay, that's just a little. I don't know if that's a code, a co- something slip up in the code, or are we just bringing the African guy to England? Is it was this like divine intervention? Like, what's going on, FIFA? Uh, so it sounds something. Is this like that. just a peek behind the code? It has to be. It has to be. Man. There was there were several brothers. Have you well. tossed Have you tossed Kwame African English into Google and seen what comes up? Let me do. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, I'll do it right now. Because that's too good. 
only African English. No, not getting any. Nothing. Not even other well, people who've seen the same thing. You were you were an anomaly. Well, yeah. FIFA there's play. there's also several uh, seemingly you know pretty influential uh, African men named Kwame. So I think that you know maybe not the best search. Maybe I'll throw a FIFA at the end of that. Hmm. No, not much. Okay. All right. Not much. All right. Maybe I was unique. Just like my mom said. I won that tournament. In my head, I won that. I won that tournament. Last but not least, in the sweaty penalty category, Liverpool needing one to down Stevie G's villa. Um, for as for as powerful and dynamic as Liverpool has been these past few weeks, it was a bit surprising they, they needed the pen to to get past Villa, but Mo Salah, it's hard to make a penalty look spectacular, but he's he's pinging them in at like the exact unsavable spot where a penalty goes. It's, he's it's brilliant. Like, it's Man on still, fire. still incredible. Um, my favorite part about this matchup in particular was Stevie G yet again having to face questions about wanting the Liverpool job when clearly it is the only thing that's been on his mind since he retired as a player. But he just has to keep finding different ways to play it down. Yeah, I mean it's 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 going to happen. Like it, it, there's no there's no illusions here. It's and it, that is it, a credit to him to because he's proven. You know, Villa seems to be going pretty well. I'm thinking more so of Celtic, but like on this trajectory, good for you for establishing a coaching reputation good enough to get you that job. So he's definitely and on he's, his way. Yeah, and and I think that he has at at this early stage. I think he's got a good. Uh, a good coaching resume, and they also have a a little bit of a little bit of good form cooking at Villa. They've got a couple losses in there, but that was, this was a team obviously that just sacked their manager. And those losses, I think one was to City. Yeah, it was Liverpool and City were the two losses that they have. So uh, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the entirety of Jared's tenureship, but uh, pretty good out of the gates. Uh, mm-hmm. Big one against what was it, Leicester. Um, and then yeah, I think some you know, some other ones they probably should have won. But mm-hmm. you see um, uh, his his comment to Michael Owen. No, tell me more. Uh, when you Michael say Michael Owen, Owen, I do just cringe. Yeah, Michael Owen is in the studio and he's he's interviewing Jared and he goes, you know, uh, Anfield's a tough place to play. I know after you know I when I, I always hated coming back there uh, or whatever. And then Jared just starts grinning, waiting for the question to end. And then Michael Owen finished the question. He's just like, "What did you know? What did you make your first time back? And how was it to like play in that atmosphere? Some something dumb like that." And Jared goes, "Well, if I'd have, if I'd have gone and played for Manchester United, I'd hate coming back here too." Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Was just funny. He just he just ripped them right on live TV. I love it's like it. not even a comparable question. No, where Michael Owen is talking yeah. about going back and playing as a player for a bitter rival, and Steven Jared is managing Villa. When, if everyone, if in a world where Klopp doesn't exist, Steven Gerrard's managing. Liverpool. It's hilarious. Michael Owen asking the hard-hitting questions. It's it's remarkable. <laughs> uh, no, but anyway, I think I think he's doing he's doing well there. Obviously, Liverpool form on fire. Mo Salah. Uh, I think I'm I'm trying to pull this up, James, but I do believe he's got the uh, uh, the highest finishing rate in the Premier League right now. Mm. And basically, that 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 means he's just finishing. Uh, well above his his expected goals and just slamming in, you know goals that have no business being goals, which by the naked eye would appear true. It's incredible. Best player in the world on form, no debate. Speaking of form on on fire, James uh, also went into the the stats 
as you will, unexpected goals. Um, top of the Premier League this year and better than his 2017 campaign is David De Gea on uh, unexpected goals versus goals score, scored. Yeah. Uh, he's saving. He saved over six and a half uh, expected goals so far this year, which doesn't sound like a lot. We're I mean, not talking about goals. We're talking about expected goals, like a shot from the 18s, like a point two, right? So he's, yeah. And you're he's also taking into account. You're also taking into account goals that shouldn't have happened. You talk about standing on his head. How about dying on the ground? Mm, mm. Well, that actually went the other way because that shouldn't have been a goal, according to you. So that actually helped him out. Oh, okay. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Oh, last mm-hmm. thing on Steven Gerrard. I don't know if we brought this up when we talked about the managing carousel. Um, I found this so hilarious when when Gerard left Rangers, um, and and Lampard was interested in in the Norwich job. Rangers was also on the cards potentially for Lampard, and a legitimate insider source for the Athletic said, "It's impossible for it to happen because it would break down on sheer narrative. Like Lampard just going to manage somewhere where Gerard just left. It's like it just wouldn't happen. That's crazy. <laughs> just the sheer narrative." That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how how amazing would that debate be? You just get to carry it on. With, I would I, I would love for it to have and I'm 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 curious to to um to see what happens to to old Frank. Cuz it seemed like it's it is like a it's a head scratcher, right? Or like where's where does he go from here? Cuz he just went to the the top too quick. He's letting so them like, come to him. It's a classic move. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do. Th- I do think his next job has a bit of gravity to it. So I, I think it's probably prudent for him to wait out for the yeah. the right Being one. Very selective. Very. Selective. Or just hang it up. Mm-hmm. Just don't retire. Or, or just retire. Ooh. Unbeaten. Who cares? Except beaten. Who cares? Just like be the England manager in like twenty years. <laughs> Who cares? So come out of retirement, no coaching in twenty years. Be the England manager. Yeah. Just say perspective, time, all that. I've been working on a new type of game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Inverting the pyramid. Could happen, Patrick. Re-reverting the pyramid. The Frank Lampard story. <laughs> Putting the pieces together. <laughs> Somehow I manage. Uh, All right. Well, let's get to the let's get bakery. to the sillies <laughs> with a forward by who? The bakery. The local bakery. <laughs> the disrespect. Who makes, who makes my muffins? <laughs> It's With so a forward by Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts CEO. The man's a uh, legend of the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose he is, isn't he? Let's get to the sillies. We got Men of Culture, Freak of the Week. New segment alert. We'll get to that. Goal of the Week. And then, of course, the District. Patrick, I do have a Men of Culture for you. Please. <clears throat> We're going to the Iberian Peninsula. I'm talking Iago Aspas. For Celta Vigo, this man, talk about big brain. And I do think, I don't mean disrespect by this, I mean this is a compliment. Those Spanish-Portuguese players have that big brain gamesmanship quality that is just lacking in other countries, and they know how to use it. He mm-hmm. was a yellow card away from a one-match suspension. He injured himself in scoring a last-minute equalizer, Knowing this, he took off his jersey as his celebration so he could heal his injury while he served his one-match suspension. <laughs> outstanding. That's Absolutely incredible. outstanding. That's incredible. It's not a freak. It's a man of culture because that is the most cultured move I've ever seen. Yeah, that really was, wasn't it, James? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I don't have a meta culture. Okay. Well, let's move it right to freak. One on um, the cultural tip. <laughs> Kept it domestic. How many? How many freaks do you have? Let me say one. Well, do we need to talk about Raul Jimenez again? Because that was a certified freak. Yeah. I mean, we don't. I don't get think out, we need to get out what you need to. Okay. But no, just I, mean, I already said it was a record, brain. That is your freak. Yeah, it was one of my freaks. Oh, okay. And, yeah, one. I said it was a a, a, a brain dead. Do you decision, want? Do you want which, another appetizer before we get to the main course freaks? Then. From you? Yeah, I got I got one lead in freak. Yeah, give me an appetizer. Okay, Tom Holland, Spider Man, <laughs> uh, out here up to no good at the Ballon d'Or ceremony, trying to play a little bit of reporter, trying to play a little bit of Harry Kane's brother, secret agent man. Asking Mbappe if he's going to join Spurs. Didn't get the reaction he wanted. Mbappe burst out laughing. <laughs> Just another... Hold this L. It's he so thought good. it was a troll. <laughs> he thought it was a troll. Do you think Mbappe knew that was Tom Holland? Or just like just some dude? I think so. Is Tom think Holland so. that recognizable? Yeah. I thought he looked a little different in that, little, in that video. Maybe he's wearing glasses or something. Mm. Well, he is English. Hmm. Not from the Bronx. Would Mbappe know Lord. Tom Holland? I, 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 you have to imagine. I think movie stars and sports stars have a certain understanding of each other. I suppose if you're at that ceremony, like you got to be, and you're talking to Mbappe, you got to be a somebody. Yeah. Even if he doesn't know who he is. But Spider Man's got a mask on half the movies. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he might not recognize yeah. him. And he's a little guy. I, respectfully. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, just, I'm not. I'm, I'm not the playing. In, I'm not playing into that theory that he didn't know who he was. But uh, yeah, maybe he just thought it was some Joe Blow who was like, "You gonna join Spurs, mate?" <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> now get out. Oh, that'll be so good. Security. So good. All right, I got my another freak of the week. This is kind of a freak stat of the week. It's going out to Watford. Uh, Watford have had. Five managers in the Premier League since they've last kept a clean sheet. Hit me with that one more time. Watford in the Premier League yes. have had five managers since they've last kept a clean sheet. No way. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. It's freakish. That's crazy. Because And then I'm sure that counts... Because they had a little interim situation, didn't they? Didn't they have three managers in their last stint, and then they had? They well, had I guess two that counts time? managers who've, you know, they've had down in the championship. No, it's just, I mean, well, it's just the um, they, they probably kept clean sheets in the championship. It's just saying, like in the Premier League, right? Had that That's many what I'm managers. saying. Like, right. they probably cycled managers in the championship, but that was even more recent than their last Premier League clean sheet. Correct. Yes. Still crazy. Very crazy. Five is a lot. Still crazy. It's probably it'd be good reason to keep turning over managers. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at their results, and I keep seeing zeros, and I'm like, oh, they kept one here. It's like, oh, no, they just didn't score in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of those. Lots of those. Anyway. Yes. Cool. Um, all right. I love this one, Patrick, because it's about a man near and dear to my heart. Cristiano Ronaldo. There's so much you can say about this man, but on this day in particular, it was a day where uh, two of his teammates celebrated birthdays. It was Jesse Lingard's birthday. It was Alex Tellez's birthday. Everyone was dropping them shout-outs on Instagram. You know how the players do, you know, keeping a, a, t- a, a nice tight-knit circle. Um, CR7 did have an Instagram story post today. It was a happy birthday post. 
But it was to the CR7 Museum, which turned eight today in Portugal. He wished a happy birthday to his own museum, and that was that. Well, I mean, happy birthday to the CR7 Museum. Let's just put it that way first. First and foremost. Again, James. Uh, Love him or hate him. He's one of a kind. He really is. The, The man... The man is just all, it's all CR7 all the time. Man loves winning, loves being in the middle of it. And yeah, he's going to rile some people up, but he's got a museum that's eight years old. What do you have? Yeah, having a museum dedicated to yourself and your accomplishments when you're in your late 20s, I cannot wait to see Ronaldo in his 60s. What kind of guy is he going to be? He's just going to be posting ab pics. (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. All right, Patrick, on to the next segment. We did Freak of the Week. Got a new one for you. We'll see if it lasts. We're calling this the Chapeau of the Week. And for those who don't know, Ralph Rangnick shouted out a hats off to Ronaldo for his pressing against Crystal Palace with the phrase Chapeau, which felt very cultured. Go ahead and play that clip. So now what we're going to do here on Prem de la Prem is, you know, we do our Freak of the Week, but I think it's time that we give a little bit of props to players who deserve a little bit of credit from week in to week out. It doesn't have to be Premier League related. Sometimes it can, sometimes it can't. It's a little fun one. Chapeau of the week. My first one to ring this in, Patrick, is Sergio Aguero, who retired today due to health complications. Um, I think in isolation it's fair to take one look at Barcelona right now and retire. But in all seriousness, a great end to a great career for a great man. One of the best, and I'm saying that as a United fan, and sadly it is yet another day where my social feed is flooded with that goal. So, James, that was my uh, chapeau as well. So we'll just spend a little bit of time talking about, I think as far as um, the Premier League goes, you have to say one of the best to ever do it. Probably not in, uh, in my all-time 11, but I probably wouldn't fight you too hard on it either. Bench you know, he's player one of those, for sure. Yeah, he's 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 one of those who had obviously so influential to what is now one of the one of the monumental clubs in the in the country. And yeah, I mean I'm sure he's gonna get a statue out there someday. Obviously hate that his career ended in in such a fashion that he, you know, couldn't get a, a send off that he, he probably yeah. deserves. Um in some capacity, you know, be it with Argentina, Barcelona or or, or wherever, but you know, from a from another perspective, glad that it was something that was sorted out before any any sort of real bad situation happened. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. at least. So, um, to the legend, Kuhn, Aguero, born Argentina. Okay. No. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we got a little bit of the pianos on that one. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I didn't have the uh, the research up. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. have it up. Yeah. I didn't prepare for that. It is always sad. Just a joke. Just a little thing. Just a little thing I do, James. Born Argentina. (laughs) Yeah, that one didn't didn't really hit uh, Wikipedia quality. (laughs) But let's bring it on home. We're in the final stretch here. Goal of the week. Patrick, again. We're going to have the same one again? Again. I think we are absolutely going to have the same one. Because I like Connor Gallagher against Everton. But if I'm being honest, it's Laka. It's Laka against Southampton. It was the ultimate no, 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 yes goal that I've seen in a long time, especially knowing Arsenal's trials and tribulations for playing out the back. Um, 
I think from a total football perspective, it was just the sexiest. So I'm giving it up. Wow. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I did go with Connor Gallagher. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's just something about that. Like the drive inside, you know, not on the same side, but the the, the way, you know, Aaron Robin would do it. Uh, just that drive inside and that the, that finish to the far post is one of one of my favorites. But, mm-hmm. yeah, brilliant, brilliant Arsenal goal, and you nailed it. I, I think that we saw what Arteta wants to do at his best right there. Um, but yeah. sometimes we got to sit through 60 minutes of pinging around in our own half narrowly avoiding catastrophe to not see that beautiful football at the end of it. But yeah, I man, was, what a, what a perfect break after that. Yeah. Firstly on Connor, Connor Gallagher, that dude's going back to Chelsea next season and he's been 100%. like the breakout player of the season. So goddamn. Second of all, on the lock goal in Arsenal, I was giving you, uh, you and the team a bit of stick last time on the pod about Arteta identity. And like you said, you do have to sit through some games where they just don't have it clicking, but their ability to make the right pass in pressure situations and not put themselves in immediate, like, oh shit pressure, um, that has turned. That has turned over time, and I think the best articulation of it and, and what you see in, in that Lacazette goal is the reward of that, where it's like, immediately closed down, this is the right pass, and I'm playing it again, 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 right. again. And then you're at the other side and scoring a goal. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that, like I joked earlier about Leeds having the the gall to press Manchester City, but the reason you don't press Manchester City is because they're going to do that to you every single time, and then before you know it, you, you got you know Sterling, Foden, you know whoever running at you with the ball, and you're in big trouble. So you sit back and you yeah. make them break you down. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that what Arsenal's trying to do is earn that respect. And right now teams know we press Arsenal, they make mistakes, and so Arsenal's in that stage where they have to earn that respect. Um, feel like it's a long journey james but yeah it's a it's a this is i don't think you'll stop getting pressed on on that but it was it was a glimpse well what's that old phrase like earn the right to play and maybe we got to do that every single Mm -hmm. game earn the right to play earn the earn earn the right to uh you know like quite literally play you know in our in our own half without much pressure Uh, and then we can yeah and then we get to try to break teams down which we're which we're oh so good at absolutely Mm -hmm. the floor is yours all right, James. Degenerate District has been decent, um, but it's the holiday season, the season of giving, and I'm giving the sports book a lot of money. I'm picking a lot of <laughs> picking a lot of final scores, James. Uh, believe it or not, uh, I was I was five nothing on the uh, the city the city Leeds game. Thought that was a more desirable scoreline than over three and a half. So ended up losing on that. You've heard of a couple of close ones, but I'm going to try and get back to a bit of basics. Uh, and I'm going with a little parlay at even odds. Three three teams in a parlay. Chelsea at home to Everton. Liverpool at home to Newcastle. Manchester United at home to Brighton. Uh, might not even get this podcast out before those Chelsea and Liverpool ones go. But that's, a, that's at even odds for those three teams to take care of business at home. That's what my lock of the week is. Um, donkey time, James. I don't love this one, if I'm being honest with you. I really don't love it. Uh, but Brentford away to... Wait, no, that was the wrong one. <laughs> Watford at home to Crystal Palace. Mm. Uh, Palace is just a team for me that just... I kind of like what Veer's doing a little bit over there, but they just seem to find ways to drop points. I know they, they scratched one out today. A little but, set, but, but a little setback today. Yeah, it just, seem, it just seems like they don't have that little extra, extra little bit. Um, so I'm going to... 
I'm going to take that and then I suppose on the What about smashing the, the first clean sheet for Watford? No chance. No <laughs> chance. It can it can't it can't happen. It can't happen. It's, it's such a crazy stat. Such a such a crazy stat. Uh if you like a donkey, uh Wolves at home to Chelsea is a donkey at 525. I don't like that one, but that would be a donkey. Chelsea's kind of had a couple little slip-ups. Wolves shown a couple little good games, uh but that's pretty speculative. Uh, so I'm not I'm not sure I love mm-hmm. I love that one on the back end. Mm-hmm. So we'll stick with the the lock on the parlay and then the Watford the yeah. Watford uh the lock is essentially the three meatballs of Christmas. It's like right. Chelsea, Liverpool. But you bite into it, you break United. your teeth, James, because there's locks in there. So be careful. <laughs> there's frankincense and myrrh in there. You might have got coal for Christmas. <laughs> Lump. Lumpalicious. Shout out. Mm. A uh, mediocre karaoke performance Coles. we saw the other day. <laughs> oh, Culver City stand up. Premhead stand up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, No, we took a little bit of a hiatus. Sometimes it just be like that, but we're (laughs) back and there's nothing to worry about. Um, We're going to sort out the microphone situation recording from from various locations in the United States. It might not be of the audio quality that that you've come to expect from a Prem de la Prem broadcast, but we'll figure it out because time waits for no man patrick covid too waits for games. no man too many games we'll figure out a good way to stay in touch over the holiday break yeah. until then to you and your loved ones james and patrick have this to say thank you and goodbye goodbye and thank you Premeds. but but mostly thank you and goodbye Premeds. what's up Premheads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem De La Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem De La Prem Podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.